Welcome to a special edition of the Half-Hill Report. Azeroth before the Cataclysm. Before Sargeras wounded Azeroth, before the mists surrounding Pandaria fell, the black dragon Neltharion rose from the depths of Deepholm, collapsing the elemental plane onto our world, forever changing the face of Azeroth. In this series of features, I'm visiting some of the most severely affected places and, through interviews and research, attempt to uncover and rediscover what those places were like before the Cataclysm. This week, Alberdeen. In the northwest corner of Kalimdor lies the coastal region of Darkshore. Its long wooded shoreline along the Veiled Sea stretches from Ashenvale to Moonglade. Ravaged by the recent conflict, today Darkshore lies mostly in ruins, overlooking the charred remains of Teldrassil. At the center of this tragically devastated region lies the ruins of Aberdeen. I began my research into Aberdeen as it used to be by taking advantage of the records and remembrances of the lore walkers at the Seat of Knowledge in the Mogushan Palace. Maps, records, and paintings show that the port town of Aberdeen was the hub of night elf commerce and transportation in Darkshore. Nestled into a small bay in the center of the coastline, this moderately sized port once hosted essential services and transportation for local residents and adventurers traveling to and from Darnassus as well as Menethil Harbor in the Eastern Kingdoms. I spoke with several lore walkers who had fond memories of traveling through this bustling port en route to other locations. But I wanted to find a night elf who may have resided in Aberdeen itself to hear their first-hand description. And to do this, I went to a night elf refugee center on Azure Mist Isle. The evacuees there are understandably still struggling with what occurred to their home, but I did find a few who were willing to share their personal remembrances of Aberdeen. They described the approach from the high ground of the main road through Darkshore, where one could see that the town was arranged in three major sections around a small lagoon, connected by three small, graceful bridges. The first building one would come to was a classic example of night elf architecture, like all the buildings in Aberdeen, a low-slung and arched wooden building that was the residence of Sentinel Elissa Starbreeze. Many former residents I spoke to recall this noble sentinel standing guard in the second-story arched window that overlooked the town. As is typical of night elf communities, a moonwell was at a prominent location in the town, standing just outside the main entrance to the inn, and would have been one of the first things visitors arriving by ship would see after leaving the long dock, which was connected to the inn. The inn itself was a large airy structure with three levels, the mid-level connecting to the long and impressive dock that stretched well out into the bay. Just off the north end of the dock, one could see the lighthouse perched atop a large tree on a rocky island near the entrance of the bay. Both former residents and travelers that I spoke to have fond memories of the wonderful selection of food and drink available at the inn, and especially of the fresh seafood from fish vendor Laird. Also connected to the inn was a large open flight deck where you could purchase a hippogriff ride to Rutheran Village. Following the lamp-lined stone cobbled road that made a circle around the lagoon, you crossed the third arched bridge to the main governmental building, once presided over by thunderous Windreaver, who was struck down by the Twilight's hammer. It was at this building, 
along with the immediately adjacent Dwarven-run smithy, that one could obtain many of the key services available in Aberdeen. My faculty advisor, Professor Talib, took a break from her ongoing research in Stormsong Valley, where she's currently working with the beekeepers, and agreed to travel with me to see what Aberdeen looks like today. We went to Ashenvale and chartered a Hippogriff flight to Nighthaven in Moonglade. As we flew up the coast, we were both saddened by the blackened and battle-ravaged landscape. And personally, I could only imagine the former beauty of this coastal region. As we approached the ruins of Aberdeen, one of the main battlefronts in the most recent conflict, we could see the glow of flames amongst the ruins. Due to skirmishes in the area, we chose not to land, but circled the town a number of times to get a sense of what had changed as a result of the cataclysm. Professor Talib, who traveled through Aberdeen several times, both prior to and after the cataclysm in research trips, pointed out that the majority of the destruction we could see, including the massive collapse of the land and the influx of the sea, was the result of the cataclysm itself. But even after the cataclysm, a couple of the buildings, while very badly damaged, had still been standing prior to the war. We could see the remains of several roofs and at least one of the bridges that used to connect the parts of town. She was especially saddened to see that somehow the horde had completely destroyed the beautiful Moonwell. We continued northwards towards our final destination and flew over the still structurally intact port of Lordanel, but couldn't land there due to the plague infesting the town. We could also see the Goblin warship and dredge platform anchored in the ocean between Lord and El and the still smoking remains of the World Tree. As I write this report, Darkshore is still an active war zone, but there is hope that we are entering a new era of peace and cooperation between the Horde and the Alliance. But much of the destruction in Alberdeen and the surrounding area was the result of a cataclysmic upheaval wrought by another past war. As we enter this hopeful new era, we must remember that our planet is still in peril, and the choices we make from this point on can, and most likely will, determine whether Azeroth remains a place where all of us can live and thrive in peace and harmony. Thank you for listening to this special edition of The Half-Hill Report. The Half-Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the Greater Valley of the Four Winds community. We'll be back next week with our regular show. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half-Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half-Hill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studios. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.